You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. I want to give you a quick update. You know, we've been following autonomous technology for quite some time here on this show. And I'm going to continue to do that for you. You know, every time I talk about this, I get nasty emails and people say that I'm all for autonomous trucks and I'm just not. But they're coming and there's nothing you and I can do to stop it. So we need to learn what it's all about and figure out where the opportunities are for us. That's why I talk about it. The last thing I want is autonomous trucks. My whole market is truck drivers, has been my whole life. Technology that's going to get rid of truck drivers, but it doesn't really matter what I want. It's coming. And we better be prepared for it. And I'm going to stay informed and on top of this so that I see where the opportunities are. And I want to make sure that you have that information as well so you can stay on top of it. So I'm not going to go through all the stories. There are lots of them every single week. I'll bet I come across 15 or 20 stories a week, at least, about autonomous technology. So I'll skip most of them. A lot of it's just details, but I'll bring you the, the information that I think is kind of cutting edge and more important and is going to have a bigger impact on us. So just as a general trend in autonomous right now, what you're seeing are a lot of states approving platooning technology. I believe we're already seeing it on the Ohio Turnpike. And I think we're going to see it in a lot more places. I see Florida just announced um, many, many states are kind of legalizing or setting rules and regulations and allowing truck platooning to happen. So don't be surprised if you start to see it uh, on the roads. I think we're going to see a lot of it. Now, the other, I don't know if this is news. This is more speculation on my part based on other things that I'm reading in the news. And it's about Tesla. I follow Tesla pretty closely. I think they're an amazing company. I love their battery technology, their solar technology. They are clearly a cutting edge company that's going to change the world. They already have. But if you look at their pattern, again, I'm speculating on this, but they announced earlier this year that they were getting into the class eight truck market with an electric truck. And they're going, I think they're going to release something before the end of this year. That's a pretty aggressive time schedule. But on top of that, they've also announced on the passenger car side 
that they are going to be competing with Uber. So Uber is the ride-sharing program, and Uber is also heavily into autonomous vehicles. So it's pretty clear where Uber is going. They're going to run their own fleet of autonomous vehicles as taxis. They're, they're already doing it in Pittsburgh. That's going to grow. So Tesla has announced the same kind of program. They're working towards making their vehicles autonomous. In fact, they're leading that race. They have, you know, uh, autopilot on their current vehicles that are on the road right now. That's a that's in place and working. And their autopilot option is not that expensive. It's less than four thousand dollars, and that's on a vehicle that costs about a hundred thousand. So that's not much to get that autopilot upgrade. So they've announced that they are going to deploy a fleet of autonomous cars as cabs and compete with Uber. So when you put those two together, they're building an electric truck. They have the best autonomous technology on the market right now. It's already working and they're going to They've already said they will deploy a fleet of cars. Why wouldn't we believe they would also deploy a fleet of trucks? So we have Uber freight. I would not be surprised if we don't see Tesla freight sometime soon. Uh, again, that's that hasn't been announced, just something I'm kind of speculating on when you put together all the pieces there. So I'm going to get to some calls these weeknight hours go by quickly, so let's see what you want to talk about. We're going to start off in Kentucky. Tony, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking the call. You're welcome. What can I help you with today? I have one question on a, on a new startup. With uh, it'll be a sole proprietorship at least for the first year. Uh, now, my checking account. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a separate checking account for the business. Does it have to be an actual business account, or can it be just a separate personal checking account? Is there any requirements or, or advantages good, to a business account? Good question. There really are no advantages to a business account. They typically charge you higher fees. There's more hoops to jump through uh, as far as you know, documentation and business license, which many times I don't even bother getting. It, depending on the bank that I've seen them try to put all kinds of requirements on opening a business account. So there's no requirement for you to have a business account as a sole proprietor. It is a good idea okay. to have a separate account. So I like the fact that you're doing that, but just open the best checking account you can get at your bank. Don't worry about whether it's okay. business or not. You know, some people really, really want their business name on the check and most banks won't do that unless it's a business account, but it, it's not required. You know, most of our payments are electronic today. Who cares what's on a check anyway? Um, you're well, doing my it stuff right. will be on my settlement. Exactly. That That's the thing. It, it's just not a big deal. So what? You don't have a business check. I, I operated my business like that for many years. Okay. Um, and, and speaking of truck, uh, I've, I've got a question I'm looking, I'm in Kentucky and I'm looking at some trucks right now that are down in the Dallas area. Uh, besides the temporary tag that the dealer would give and a bobtail policy for liability and, and uh, you know, physical damage for the transport. Am I subject where I'm not leased to anybody yet? When I transport that truck back, you know, through the states, am I subject to hours of service and keeping a logbook or am I just Joe Blow 
driving a truck up the road. Yeah, if if you are not, and you named everything you need, you need the temporary tag and the insurance policy, that's it. And at that point, you are just an individual driving a vehicle down the road. There's nothing commercial. People get very confused about this. They'll say, oh, but that's a commercial vehicle. No, it's not. It's just a vehicle. There's no commercial yeah. aspect until you put it to use in a commercial application. So if I want to buy a tractor, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I know if I'm not doing anything directly in support of commerce, then I should be okay. But I didn't know if moving the truck from one place to another to lease it onto a carrier would be considered in support of commerce. Not at all. Not at all. Because you're, you're not being paid to do it. You're not, you're not okay. doing anything commercial I, is the definition. Do I need to go through the scales or can I, can I blow the scales? Right by them. <laughs> okay. I just have to be ready to explain when I get stopped, right? Well, you know, I, I have been uh, doing this for a long, long, long time because way, way back when, uh, before I did the RV thing with the tractor, I had a, uh, a pretty good sized boat for a while. And honestly, the best way to pull it was with one of my tractors. And right. so I set it up with the hitch and I used to pull the boat all over the place. We used to do boating trips, houseboat trips around the country. And I'd pull it all over the place. And all I would do is cover up all my uh, placards. And I would I never once pulled into a scale. In all the years we drove around and all the miles pulling the, the fifth wheel and our show trailers, never pulled into a scale. Okay. All right. And then my, my last question was to ask you to take a look at my NutriQ, I think. Bridget should have sent it over to you. Yeah, I've got it here. So um, pretty uh, pretty normal for what we see. Um, the good news is you don't have any major digestive problems. Your upper GI looks pretty good. Um, some issues in liver and gallbladder and, and large intestine we could improve there. Um, more than likely, that's uh, probably some compromised fat digestion. Where your highest um sugar handling which is very very common we see it all the time your um three hormone markers adrenal pituitary and thyroid are fairly high and you're pretty high in kidney and bladder so it, it's not you're not off the charts but you're certainly elevated the where i would focus right now um and i'll i'll tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put you on hold we're gonna come back right after the break and I'll give you uh, an idea of where we would have you get started on this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to the calls and questions. I was talking with Tony in Kentucky. We're going to head back there now. So, Tony, the way I would approach this, uh, virtually everybody benefits from digestive supplements. So they're the most common supplements we use. We use them for almost everybody. The thing is, we probably have four or five different combinations. So we use a combination of hydrochloric acid, bile salts for fat digestion, and enzymes. And we have several different products at different strengths and different combinations. So when we work with somebody directly in one of our mentoring programs, that's what we do to help them. We dial in exactly which combination they'll get the best results from. But you can also just try it yourself. You know, you can go into our store. You can look at the digestive supplements, pick a couple, try them. Almost everybody sees benefits from any of the combinations. And then you can play around. I mean, you'll see the difference in in digestion and other areas. So I would start there. Then we really have to address the sugar handling. That's the one that causes all the other problems. It's the most common thing that we see. And that is about 90% diet. We can take care of the sugar handling issues almost completely with just diet alone. And, and the best diet, hands down, is just a really low-carb ketogenic diet. High fat, moderate protein, low-carb, like we talk about all the time. Um, the other 10% can be a little bit of help with supplementation. We have some supplements in the store that will help with blood sugar control and lifestyle. And we're finding that lifestyle for some people could be almost 50% of this problem. Um, It really just depends. And again, if we're doing a one-on-one program, we can kind of dial in and and see where the issues are. But I always tell people, you know, if you want to start this on your own, address digestion, work on a really, you know, high-fat ketogenic diet, and in 30 days or less, we should see results in blood sugar. And if we don't see the results we really want to see, then we would look a little harder at lifestyle. Uh, Stress can have a huge impact on blood sugar, and it's all kinds of stress. Stress from the wrong foods, that's why we do the fit test and recommend that. Stress from everyday job and life-related stress. Uh, Stress from toxins in the environment. Stress from not sleeping properly. So, we're learning a lot more about how stress affects blood sugar. But so if I were, you know, recommending something for you, it would be try some of the digestive supplements, play around with those, work on the ketogenic diet. And in 30 days, I would retake that NutriQ and see where things are headed. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. We're going to head off this time to Utah. Bill, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, listening to your uh, monologue coming in, brought up a second question. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, waiting for the squawk box to get done. Uh, oh, got it. First question is, uh, how can I get my hands on just an example of the uh, oil analysis once it's finished so I can see what I'm looking at 
so I can compare it with others. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by a sample. Do you mean seeing your own results? Well, just seeing results. So I can see how it's set up, see the various things that's there. Oh, okay. You can say John Doe, Joe Blow Got it. Yeah, you just want to see what an oil sample looks like. Yes. Okay. Um, if you just send an email to support at letstruck.com or call us, we can get you, uh, uh, you know, uh, an example of, uh, and we'll give you a real one. We'll just block out the account information and that kind of stuff, and we can send yes. that over to you. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, in your monologue, you're talking about Tesla and going fully electric. Uh, I suppose this is only, my question is more of a, I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe if they're fully electric, so they're not using a um, non-renewable fuel, if we can't get back to the conventional truck. Oh, you mean it's battery power. Um, the thing you have to remember, there's a couple things to remember here. One, um, we still need an electric source. So it, it's not truly renewable until we combine electric and pure solar. And I don't see that happening. So we're still going to plug electric trucks into the grid. The grid requires coal or atomic or some other form of energy to produce electricity. So we're still using a, a consumable. But the other thing is, we're, they're going to really have to work hard to get the furthest range possible out of electric trucks. That's always been the downside to electric vehicles. We don't have the range. You know, I, I have a car that has a range of about 600 miles on a tank of, of gas. The best electric car on the market right now, the Tesla, is about 200. So only a third of the range. And it's pretty easy if we want a bigger range on a vehicle, especially a Class A truck, just put a bigger fuel tank on it. Putting a bigger and bigger batteries is a challenge. The batteries are really expensive and they're really heavy and they take up space. So there's always going to be this compromise of how much battery do we put on board and how much range are we going to get? Now, if you go back to a classic truck with all that drag, you're going to use a lot more electricity to move the vehicle down the road. And we're still paying for that electricity somewhere. And we want our range as long as possible. So you're going to see Tesla go in the exact opposite direction of what you just said. They're not going to come out with a, a classic looking truck. They are going to come out with the most aerodynamic truck you've ever seen. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Because I, I mean, I got into trucking because of the Peterbilt 359. Not because of the um, Freightliner Cascadia Evolution. Well, the, the future of trucking and the future of vehicles is very, very aerodynamic. It, it just, it has to be because 
it, it takes energy to move a vehicle down the road. And, and no matter where we get that energy from, there's always a trade-off. Even if we go to pure solar to charge these trucks, and then you could say, well, it's free, but there's still a time component. Solar is not fast, you know, and, and if the more energy we burn going down the road, no matter what kind of energy it is, more strain we put on the entire infrastructure. So the, the, the race is always going to be to build a more efficient vehicle and aerodynamics are number one. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, just like classic cars though, though, there will always be a market for classic trucks and and building them and restoring them or showing them or having working classic trucks they'll be around for a long long time so if you like them if you want one you're always going to have that opportunity you're just not probably going to be on the cutting edge of all the other technology i don't ever see us building an electric classic i just i just don't see that happening let's go to uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go to a break. I'm looking at the clock. We're coming up on the break. So instead of rushing this call, I will hold off. I'll take us into the break and we'll come back right around the corner and we will get to your calls and questions. So stick around. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. Always something new going on there. I will kind of give you a sneak peek of, of where we're headed on our projects right now. We are in the beginning stages of cranking out a lot of online courses to help you learn some of the material we talk about um, a lot better. So you will be seeing those coming out from us here within the next month or so, um, maybe even a little sooner. And once we get the first one out there, you can expect to see many more like it. I have lots of topics um, that I want to talk about uh, and and teach. And the the we have been looking at online courses like this for years. The technology wasn't quite there yet. Now you can do it on your phone, all of your devices, your computer. You can do it while you're on the road. And the, the teaching platforms have come a long way. So it's time. We're working on it. And very soon you're going to see a lot of courses from us. So stay tuned for more on that. We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
We're going to get right back to the phone calls. The website is letstruck.com. Check it out. We've always got something new going on over there. We're going to head off to Florida. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. What can I help you? Hello. Oh, yeah. I appreciate all the information that you give out. And also, I would like to thank my buddy who's out there on the road, Randy Crawford, and his wife, Mimi. Um, I just bought a truck about uh, three weeks ago, uh, a 2012 Peterbilt 587, and I'm really high into the fuel efficiency aspect of trucking because I know it's a very high cost as I'm now an owner-operator. Uh, I've already put in a fleet air filter that I ordered through your site. I do have the profit gauges and fuel gauges that I'm using. If you can give me... Uh, the five top things, the five top modifications for my truck to be more efficient, what would they be? Uh, you know, here's what I'd like to do, and I'll go through the list, but I, I like to think everything we've talked about improvement over the years and sit down and just list them all out. And then actually call around shops that handle those items and get a price and if there's installation, get the installation price or at least an estimate. And then once I list out all the items and all the prices, then what I do is I just put them in order, cheapest, most expensive. It's not the perfect method, but it's really and it will work through those items and it gives you kind of a roadmap. So you know exactly when I have enough money, I can buy this, then I'll save more money, then I can buy this. Um, you, you're off to a good start. Uh, you said the fleet air filters. What year is the truck in? What engine? Uh, it's a 2012, uh, the CM2250. Uh, right now, I'm currently, I've really been just driving like 60 miles an hour, and I've been averaging about 8.1 on my fuel gauges. Excellent. I mean, that, that is such a great start. Um, that's fantastic. So congratulations on that. So I would look at you know, your, your best bet for getting all the pricing on this stuff. Power. Um, you know, they're the shop that can carry virtually everything to any truck and city. Also, they carry all the parts. They're also a remote tuning location. Power. So those are two places you get a lot of pricing done. Um, got the fleet air filters. I would talk to Pittsburgh Power about it too. Their ECM tubes are absolutely amazing. Um, okay. You say you have manifold, or are you asking about that? Uh, uh, no, I already have this. Just the air fl- filter so far. So, just the air filter. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, but I want to do. I was. My mindset was more in the state of okay, what is the next best thing for fuel efficiency uh, disregarding you know the price you have the scan gauge uh no i don't i get the scan gauge you know for less than two hundred dollars people pick up a half mile per gallon by learning how to drive better with the scan gauge and the other beauty of the scan gauge is when you start using it and you try these other things that we're talking about, you'll see the results in 
So it, it's pretty cool to have that right in front of you all the time. So you can go to our store, and I can start with that. Um, okay. Now, I, how are you set for tires on this truck? Uh, I have the Michelins. Uh, I, I forget the specific name, but they're really they're, they're supposed to be like the really good tires. <laughs> um, tires are, uh, are a so, huge part of this. So I, I would look at, um, you have an OPS yet? Now you said just the fleet no. air filter. I would yeah, switch that's it. the OPS. Uh, that doesn't have a direct impact on fuel economy, but it has a direct impact on cost. We save a ton of money. Plus, you can then switch to synthetic oil, which does have an impact right. on fuel. So there's a okay. double benefit. That's why we like to start with that one. Um, okay. The uh, now okay. I, I live. Go ahead. As I, as I live in Florida, uh, is there any recommended shops that? you know, could install this or do I need to kind of plan my, my trip to try to hit Pittsburgh power, even though I'm really just a regional driver around Florida. I, I, you know, if you're serious about fuel economy, I would talk to Pittsburgh power. They can help okay. you do the same thing that I'm doing right now, but they'll have more time. They can go through your operation okay. or this or this, and here's the cost and here's the return. Um, so I would at least talk to them. There is a okay. shop in Orlando that I recommend um, called uh, Action Mobile. They're on the southwest side of Orlando, not far from the uh, truck stop down there on Orange Blossom Trail. Okay. Little on the wall truck stop. There, two minutes away from there. Uh, great shop. I used them for years and years. Uh, I know the owner personally. They are a lot of the stuff I talk about. But you could try there. Um, I would do this gig. Uh, yes. I, I would actually probably just do that right now. And I, I would give those both about 30 days. Okay. All right. And the, the other, name of that shop is? Uh, Action Mobile. Action Mobile. Okay. Because I only stayed maybe like an hour and 30 minutes from Orlando. Oh, yeah. you. It's a great shop all around. Uh, give them a call. The other thing I would look at when you're in our store that we get great results on, um, great feedback and return on investment is the mobile of aerodynamic system that goes on your back wheel. And, okay, and that goes on the trailer. Well, I drive... Uh, I'm power only, so I, I always use the company trail, and it's always switching. Now, the, the flow below actually goes around the tractor team. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. A, it's our it's our most recent aerodynamic device, because there aren't that many things we can do for aerodynamics on a tractor. Uh, air tabs, I right. highly recommend. So I would put air tabs okay. on this. That, that flow below, uh, we've just had fantastic feedback on that get that in our show. okay great 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 all right so get started with those call me back and we will continue working through the process you know you're already at great fuel economy we'll get you up to that nine number before you know it 
Let's go to Utah. Dixie, welcome to the program. Hi, Mr. Kevin. How are you? Doing great. What can I help you with today? Good. First of all, I wanted to thank you for your live feed on Facebook. That was awesome because I don't have my serious set up yet, so I was able to still listen to your weekend program. So thank you for that. And uh, We're going to do some more of that. I was trying to do it today, and unfortunately, I'm having all kinds of technical issues with uh, bandwidth on the Internet today. So we'll have to try again tomorrow. Okay, great. So with that, on Saturday, um, I told I've talked to you before. I just I got my uh, I've got the ninety six three seventy nine Peterbilt, and most of it, uh, well, all of it is original. So I have twenty four five tires on here, and I have three ninety gears, which is amazing. <laughs> so I'm looking at changing the wheels and tires. And and or changing the gear ratio because I think that's way too too much because my RPMs at 65 or at 1500. So basically, in doing that idea, doing both of those and or one of those, and which one do you think uh, I should do first? Because both of them are gonna cost a pretty penny. So what year or what engine did you say you had? This is uh, I got the Detroit. Uh, 60 series how fast do you like to drive i mean would you have a real problem driving 60 miles an hour most of the time no i'm i'm at uh, six i'm basically right at six i try to keep it at 62 60 62 right now just because it's geared the way it is you know that i don't know that i would spend the four thousand dollars to change gears I would change tires and I would go smaller and it will bring your RPM up even a little more, but I wouldn't worry about that. That model, you're looking at a, uh, that's a D-Deck 3. That engine performs pretty darn well at 1,500. You're not really losing any fuel economy. So if you run 60 with those gears, you're going to get really good fuel economy. I would take the $4,000 and spend it on other things first. Like uh, the Pittsburgh Power Tune is awesome for this engine. The, you know, the air tabs, the flow below, the uh, fleet air filters, the exhaust system with the uh, turbo, the manifold, the muffler. There's so many other things we could spend money on that would get you a better return. And you already have the gears and they're really not that bad. So I'm going to put you on hold. I'll come back. I'll explain that a little more, and we'll go from there. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. I was talking with Dixie in Utah. So Dixie, honestly, those gears aren't that bad. In fact, my favorite setup, uh, the the truck that I, um, the last truck that I sold that 99 Volvo, I was just getting awesome fuel economy out of had 390 gears. 
and I ran at 57. You get unbelievable fuel economy with those gears and very slow speeds. And it's interesting because on my Facebook feed uh, this morning, the guy who bought that truck from me just happened to send me a message saying he's still making a ton of money with that truck. So I, I don't have a real problem with 390 gears on that um, D-Deck 3. So I would spend the money on other things first. And then later on, if you decide, hey, you know, 60 is just too slow. I'd rather run 65. You could re-gear later. But you're not going to see any big, huge savings out of re-gearing right now. So I, I think you'd be far better off to spend that money on, on other fuel-saving devices that are going to bring you a bigger return. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. That's, that's what I was trying to figure out. Uh, so um, with that being said, on Saturday, you used an analogy trying to uh, explain the uh, rolling resistance of the you know, the tires and the low rolling resistance, and you use the bicycle analogy with the tiny little skinny tire. So right. I get all of that. I, yeah, I get all of that. But I'm wondering how that translates over to the wide singles because that's a really wide tire, right? Or they actually it's smaller busted. than the duels. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that's the good question. So if you take the duels, and what we're talking about is what's referred to as the contact patch. So when the vehicle is driving down the road, how much of the tire is actually making contact with the road? The smaller that patch becomes, the less rolling resistance. But we have to have enough of a patch so that we have good traction and control and all of those things and enough to support all the weight. But if you compare a set of dual tires and you look at the contact patch of both tires, and then you replace it with one wide single, the contact patch is smaller. Okay. Well, and I, I kind of figured that's probably what it is, but so should uh, but you then, suggest I put wide singles on this or? I do. I do. But I go by rolling resistance. If somebody came out with a set of dual tires that had a lower rolling resistance than the best wide single, then I'd go back to duels. I, I'm always just looking for the lowest rolling resistance. Now, that contact patch we talked about is only one factor. So there are other factors. The, the rubber compound that they use will determine the rolling resistance. The tread design itself will determine rolling resistance. And the construction of the sidewall and the height of the sidewall. That's why low profile tires have lower rolling resistance. So it's a combination of all of those things together. So, you know, that's why when you look at a Michelin tire that has very low rolling resistance, they're really expensive. They're using the best rubber compounds, the best sidewall and tread design, the, the best everything. And that's expensive to build a tire that way. But for us, it's worth it because we save so much in fuel. Right. And my, uh, on my other truck, I uh, had a brain fart and bought a brand new uh, truck. And, uh, but I, I, when I spec'd it, I got the uh, Michelins all the way around. And that first set of tire, Michelin tires, lasted uh, 285,000 miles in 18 months. Yeah. And there was still, yeah. there was still, so there, I know they're a good tire they're, and they are amazingly expensive, but 
for the first set of tires on a brand new truck, I was told that was really good. Solved. It is, and and they're they're just a great tire all the way around. That's why I've been so loyal to Michelin for so many years. High quality, great ride, low noise, low rolling resistance, great fuel economy. I mean, it really just is worth every penny. Let's go to Texas. Adam, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. I. Uh... I'm planning on buying the truck uh, sometime in the beginning of the next year. I got your uh, your startup program and was listening to it. I was wondering, uh, I've heard you guys talk about buying older trucks. I'm planning on buying uh, 2000 to 2003, uh, 379. So I've heard you talk about replacing the fuel line, the crankshaft, damper, and balancer. I was wondering what other things I'm just trying to put together some loose numbers, wondering what other things that uh, I should plan for, you know, on the older truck, spending money. Yeah. Right away. You broke up a little bit. Did you mention fuel lines? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. So fuel lines, crankshaft damper, I would put the balancer on at the same time. You know, any, we do a, an inspection on any, hoses or belts, you know, things that could deteriorate over time. I also always double check the manufacture date of the tires. So many times oh, yeah. if a truck sat around or didn't get a lot of miles, the tires can look excellent. For me on a truck, if the tire is more than five years old, I get rid of it. I don't care how much tread it has. Um, I, I'll, I don't care if it's my favorite tire. If it's more than five years old, I'm getting rid. Uh, it, it's just I'm I'm a pretty picky about tires, and after five years, depending on how much sun they've been exposed to, you see tires start to fail. So that's something I would pay attention to. Other than that, though, there's really not a lot. You know, it, it, everything else would come down to an inspection. Every truck's a little different. Today, like I know the the '99 Volvo I bought sat hardly had any miles put on it in 10 years and i bought it i didn't replace anything um just because i wanted to see how it would do you know for me it wasn't mission critical if i broke down on the road i can usually take care of it myself the freight's not going to be late so for me it was more of an experiment this truck's been sitting a long time i'm just going to take it out and run it and see what it does and it was shocking how few things went wrong um, it, it really, the, the materials over the years have gotten much better. So having a vehicle sit, isn't that big of a deal anymore. So if you do fuel lines, okay. crank camper, check the date on the tires, you'll be fine. Okay. Okay. That's good news. Uh, do you still recommend the sole proprietor for your first year? Absolutely. Let's keep it nice and simple. Okay. We don't want all that cost and complication. Let's focus in my first year. I want people to focus on one thing, staying in business. You know, I wouldn't worry about taxes other than making sure you're putting a little money aside each week and you have your accounting taken care of and all those things. But I wouldn't worry about corporations and all the other strategies we talk about. The first year, your focus should be on one thing. How do I get my numbers under control and survive this first year? And it, because here's the thing, if you don't make it through your first year, none of that other stuff is going to matter anyway. So let's True. focus on what's important, getting the business up and running, getting your accounting going so we have numbers to look at, and then 
making sure we're profitable. Okay. Okay. Now with the crankshaft, I'm not sure if you know the numbers on that. What, what, what do you think is a realistic number that I should have set aside, you know, taking it to a good shop and having them replace that stuff? What engine did you say it was? Or you don't know? Uh, yet? I'm looking for this. Yeah. The 6NZ okay. is what, I, what I'm looking at. Uh, 6NZ, I don't, because the crankshaft damper is different. The ISX I think is fairly expensive. The series 60 isn't so bad. I'm thinking you can do a crankshaft damper and balancer, labor everything for under fifteen hundred. Okay, okay. So right around right around two grand, twenty five hundred uh, set aside just to make sure uh, you know that yeah. that's there to get the truck checked out. Yep. Yep, you should be in good shape okay. with that. Perfect, man. I appreciate your time, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's head, oh, you know what? Um, let me try to get a quick one in here. We're going to go to Tennessee. Claudus, welcome to the program. Yes, I'm looking at, and thanks for taking my call. I, uh, I'm looking at buying me a newer truck. I've, I've got a 99-seater built that I'm running on a reefer haul, but I've got another pretty good run, and they want you to have a newer truck, 08 or newer. Uh, what about the, the Packard uh, 12, 13 model engines or the D13 Volvos? The D13, the I, D13, I would stay away from completely. I don't care what year it is. I'm just not impressed with that engine. I don't like the service. There's nothing about that engine that I like, so I would stay away from that one completely. The Packard, uh, if it's 13 or newer, I would look at the pack car engine. I like that engine quite a bit. Uh, and as much as I've bashed the ISX over the years, uh, with 13 and newer, I would also look at the ISX. So uh, pack car MX or the ISX or the DD series, DD13 or DD15, the Detroits. Those are the three engines um, that I would look at in a truck today. There's the music. That means I've got to get out of here. We will see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. We'll see you next time. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to the Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.